1: Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, a real estate investment program. Listen and learn how to use real estate to build wealth and passive income streams for you and your family.
2: First of all, let me say Happy New Year and welcome to 2020. I hope you had a a great holiday celebration, and I hope you're ready for much success in the new year. Now, speaking of 2020, I'm, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, hindsight is 2020. You know, it's an old saying that simply means that we're able to look back and evaluate past choices more clearly than we were able to do so at the time that we made the choice. You know, you you look back after, say, some event has occurred, usually with maybe there's some sort of negative or, I don't know, less than ideal outcome. So you look back and, well, now now you have got that perfect 2020 vision and and you're able to see the missteps that you took or the, the mistake you made or maybe the information that you were missing to make a good decision. And you say to yourself, dang it, if I had just known X, I would have done Y instead, right? If only I had had the full picture, And that's the thing about real estate. Not all of the information is on the table all the time. You have to know as an investor, you have to know where to go to get as much of it as you can in order to make better decisions. For example, in order to make good choices when deciding on an applicant for your rental house or in order to get the upper hand when negotiating the purchase price, say, on a uh, prospective rental house or maybe in order to get a lower tax valuation with the appraisal district, among other things. And that is the topic I wanna to take up with you today. Sourcing information, information as a, as a real estate investor. I wanna talk about some of the common places that you can go and tools that you can use to help yourself along the way so that you can make a better decision about that applicant, so that you can go into that negotiation on that rental house better prepared, better informed. And so that you can more effectively argue your tax valuation down when you go head to head with the county appraisal district. And we'll, we'll hit a number of data sources that will help you on those topics and, and more on today's show. And let me give you the number here in the studio. If you've got questions on this topic, if you've got some sources that you use, let me know. Uh, the number here in the studio is 855 497 4335. Again, that's 855 497 4335. Or send me an email to askandy at l u i n c dot com so maybe to start with to give this a little bit of framework let's think about acquisitions right buying that house to start with and i'll tell you when i when i get a lead on a house if it's not a lead that i'm getting from the the realty team at lifestyles unlimited and this is an important distinction because if i'm getting the lead from those guys well they've already done a lot of the legwork for me so it's a totally different ball game But if this is a lead that I'm sourcing uh, elsewhere, say maybe from a wholesaler directly or uh, maybe I'm working direct uh, with a seller in some way, then I really need to dig in and do my due diligence even before I think about setting foot on that property, making that drive across town to take a look at that property, especially if it is a wholesaler (laughs) since you can't always trust their numbers. In fact, I may do a little bit of quick research and very quickly decide that it's not even worth a second look and save myself that time of that drive just after a quick review. So at this stage, what do I do? Usually I pop open a number of websites on my laptop, right? Google Maps, or you know, you need some sort of a map application. I like Google, I'll tell you why. Uh, I like to open the appraisal district website for the county where that property sits. I pop open Zillow, and I pop open MLS or some other source to get uh, rental and uh, sales comps. So let's talk about these four first. And Now, let's start with Google Maps, because that really is the first place I go, Uh, because I want to, you know, often we buy across DFW. I sit in Dallas-Fort Worth, if you're new to the show. Uh, I sit in Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas, a little north of Dallas, but we buy across the Metroplex, so I often get leads on houses that I just don't know where, I don't know this neighborhood, right? So I'm going to go to Google Maps just to get an idea of the overview of the location, right? And, for example, let me tell you, I mentioned wholesalers just a second ago. They often neglect to tell you certain details. For example, that house backs up to a gas station or an apartment complex or some other commercial, maybe a railroad track, right? Uh, Or maybe it backs up to a busy freeway or even a a uh, six-lane city street. You know, any of these things can impact the value of the house and maybe even the rentability. Now, I will say on the renting side, uh, I see a little less, uh, fewer issues with some of these things, but but I am concerned about the value because of the way that we buy. I wanna I wanna buy right, and I wanna create some equity on the back end. So I wanna nail that value. And if I'm comparing my house that backs up to that busy road to other houses that don't, well, they're not exactly apples to apples, are they? And an appraiser that goes in and evaluates that house when I'm done doing my rehab, he's gonna ding me a little bit uh, for the fact that it that it backs up to a commercial or you know uh, railroad tracks, et cetera. So I want to get a good overview, and that's very easy with Google Maps. I'm just looking at, you know, that kind of black and white or gray and white uh, picture. For example, I pulled up a house here just down the road from me. It's on a street where we bought not too long ago, and I saw a lead come across my desk on that same street. Obviously, I didn't have to do as much due diligence because conveniently I know that area, but uh, I pull it up every time uh, because there are some there is some commercial stuff there. And, and fortunately, this one doesn't back up to any commercial. Now, I'm going to... As a next second step, I want to I take a look at the street view. Now, in this case, the wholesaler mentioned that the house has a garage conversion. Well, a question I want to ask myself, well, is that normal for the neighborhood? Again, that's going to drive value. Um, that may or may not help me. So I want to know, I want to look at the street view and, and gather as much information that I can. And I'll tell you, when you click, so I'm going to click on the street view here. A neat thing here with Google is, well, over time, they've taken a lot of pictures. And in fact, on this particular house, I've got four different points in time that I can look at, 2007, 2011, 2016, and then more recently, 2018. And one thing I immediately noticed when I just kind of click along that timeline is that red roof that was on the house back in 2007 and 2011, it's no longer there. It's now, a, it looks like a newer, uh, it's still a three tab, but a newer gray composite uh, shingle roof. So obviously they've replic- excuse me, replaced the roof sometime between 2011 and this, this more recent picture in 2016. So already I've got an idea, right, about um, the condition of the house. We'll talk a little bit more uh, about Google Maps and how you can use that when we come back. And I want to talk about Zillow. Be careful. Handle with care, right? We've warned you about Zillow before, but there is some application there that I want to talk about when we continue with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This is Andy Webb. We'll be right back with you.
1: The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. We're here to answer your questions and help you become financially free.
2: Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb. I hope you had a great New Year celebration, and I hope you're ready to start the year running. We are talking today about uh, sources of information, places where you can go. Uh, to gather information to make yourself a little bit more knowledgeable as an investor before you say go into a deal or before you Say accept an applicant as as a tenant and we we're just talking ahead of the break at very first thing I do when I see a lead uh, come across my desk is open Google Maps because I want to know where is this house here in Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex right where I sit if I'm looking at a deal down in San Antonio or maybe in Houston I'm going to do the exact same thing there to try to get a feel for the neighborhood um, but we're going to look at the general location. I want to make sure it doesn't back up to any um, anything that's going to ding the value. Or if it does, I just need to offer accordingly. That's not a problem. We've got houses that sit on busy busy streets. I've never had an issue, by the way, getting those rented because of the fact that they sit on a six lane you know city street. But um, there is a there is an impact on the on the valuation. And as I was saying, I, next thing I like to do is look at the street view because you can glean a, quite a bit of information about that house already. Before you drive out there, you can see what kind of condition it's in, and it's going to depend, of course, on when the last time that Google happened to send their uh, car driving through the neighborhood. And the example house that I'm looking at, which is on a street where I do own a house already, different house, um, they happened to hit this thing four times over the years between 2007 and 2018, and I can see some of the changes. I can see, for example, that it's got newer windows now. Those were installed at some point. I can see that it's got a new roof. Uh, that was put in sometime between the picture taken in 2011 and 2016 and that just gives me a little bit more information maybe to feel a little bit better about the house before going out there at least i know i'm probably not going to have to replace the roof of course i'll check it <laughs> make sure the work was done well um and then we're going to look at the neighborhood now this house has a garage conversion uh in the wholesaler's email they alerted us to that right we need to know that that adds extra square footage if it's done well Um, But I'm going to kind of troll around the neighborhood here and just look and say, well, is that an oddity in the neighborhood? Is that going to impact value negatively uh, or does that fit in? And it doesn't take me long to see that the house across the street, the house next to that one, the next house next to that one, they've all got garage conversions. In fact, mine on the street does as well. So clearly, um, that is par for the course here. And as a landlord, as somebody that's renting that house, that just gives us additional square footage. Now, some of these houses have... um, the carports on them, you know, maybe that's something you think about adding because obviously when you convert that garage, you take away that covered parking space, which in North Texas, when we get our hailstorms, uh, can be can be an issue, of course. But um, anyhow, I'm, I'm just noticing some have carports, some some don't. Um, and other things you can look at is is, you know, I see upgrades on this house, but you might also look to see does it appear to be in decline, especially as you scroll through those pictures. If you know that it's an owner-occupant house, that's going to tell you, Uh, you're probably going to encounter some neglect and that just kind of tips their hand a little bit and then again look at the neighborhood is it desirable right are are the yards generally well kept and we'll see this when we drive out there but again it just gives me an overall feel um for the place before we get out there now the second step i'm going to pop over to the uh, county appraisal district website I mean, it's usually the next thing I'll look at for a number of reasons. It's going to give me square footage of the house, for example. Uh, depending on the county, you'll get more or less information. We'll talk about that. In fact, I want to talk about this one a little bit later uh, because there is really a ton of information on the appraisal district websites if you know where to look. And these are things that you can use really for multiple applications, not not just during your uh, purchase process, also when you're protesting your, um, your tax evaluation, as well as when you're researching your your applicants for your house. So let's talk about Zillow. Now Zillow um, you know we we frown upon Zillow in some cases for example when it comes to getting a value on that house. It's all over the place. I don't understand the algorithm. Um, when I've gotten appraisals back on houses that we've that we've worked on, you know, it, it's it's beyond beyond what I see on Zillow somewhere else. Let's just put it that way. Sometimes Zillow's up, sometimes it's down. But what I do like to look at what I do like to look at is the estimate they, they put on the rents, and I do that because what I like to do is put on my renter hat. I want to go out to Zillow. I want to see, for example, what other landlords have their their, their products, their houses marketed out there. Because a lot of guys, a lot of gals, DIY landlords, they're not going to use a realtor to list their properties. They're going to go to Zillow um, to 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 market that property. So I do want to see what DIY properties are out there. I call it DIY because they're doing it themselves. I also want to see what that Z estimate, that rental estimate is, because, again, tenants are going to come to the site. They're going to see that, and that's going to kind of bookmark their or benchmark their, their expectations for rent. Does that mean I hold to that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. If I pull my rental comps from the MLS, I'm going to run with those all day long. But I do like to um, I do like to see what the tenants are going to see. And in part, I like to do that because as a realtor, I will put my listing into MLS when I market those for rent. And MLS syndicates that, that listing out to any number of online platforms, including Zillow. And I'll tell you, over the years, the bulk of the leads that I get do come from Zillow. So that tells me that people are clearly using that site um, massively. So I do want to see what they're, what they're looking at, see what it suggests for rent, um, and so on. Um, but be, be careful, again, because that Z estimate, I, that thing changes all the time. New landlord puts their pro- their property out there. It's going Im- to impact that that algorithm in some way. Don't ask me how, uh, but they pop up, they pop down all the time. Now, a better place to go for true values, sales value, retail value, what your value of the property is, as well as uh, rent values, is going to be the MLS, It's going to be some sort of, source that's driving or deriving uh, values from actual true sold comps. Now the thing with Texas, if you're listening outside of the state, Texas is a non-disclosure state, which means that I don't have to tell you what I paid for my property. That makes it harder on Zillow and its algorithm to figure out just what those properties are valued out. Other states are different. Texas is non-disclosure, so therefore their algorithm doesn't work quite right. So I really do need to go to a source that is pulling directly out of that multiple listing service um, if you don't have direct access in other words you're not a realtor then find a realtor to work with okay it's, it's that simple if you're a lifestyles member you have access to a a product called quest it's it's a program that taps into the mls and basically it pulls all of that information that you need so you're able to get those sold comps for your area you're able to get those rent comps and even better it comes with pictures so you're same thing i'm seeing when i go into the mls Uh, I can see the pictures so I can get an idea for finish out, you know, in order to hit that value on my house when I'm done rehabbing it. What finish out do I need? Well, I see that right there. And what do my rental, what does my competition look like? What do I need to be priced or what do I need to be finishing my house out in order to get those prices that I'm seeing in the market? I see that as well. When I go out to Quest and when I pull those sold and those rent cops, it gets a step better actually with Quest that the MLS does not do for me. Um, I can go in there and I can put in some basic information, you know, assumptions around uh, tax, payment, uh, insurance, rehab, etc. And Quest is going to do a full evaluation on that property for me and tell me what my cash on cash return is. uh, Tell me what my, you know, my monthly cash flow is going to be, my equity capture when I'm done with the whole thing and what that return on equity gain is. Um, all all sorts of information and, and information that I need to really evaluate the deal. And that's the topic of the show today, right, is gathering information. So Quest not only helps me gather that information, but it also helps me process that information as well. So Google Maps starting, we look at the appraisal district. We're going to talk about the appraisal district when we come back. That's a very, very important one. I've got a couple of odds and ends I want to talk about as well. You're listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This is Andy Webb, and we're talking about all that information that you need to be a successful real estate investor.
0: Talk 13.7, the right choice.
1: Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Now, let's get back to your map to financial freedom.
2: Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb, and today we're working on your financial freedom by... Making you more informed investors, we're, we're talking about places you can go to gather information, right? Knowledge is power. And we talked about that scenario where you've gone through some event or something's happened, you made a choice. And after the fact, you look back and, again, we say hindsight is twenty twenty. You look back and you realize, well, dang it, if I had just known this thing here, I wouldn't have done that or I would have done it differently and so I wanna make sure you're going to the right places to get information and there, it's all over the place, right? The thing about real estate and the thing that makes it a really powerful investment vehicle is that it is an inefficient market, meaning not everything's priced into that transaction, right? You can, you can get the upper hand if you are knowledgeable in your market about the product that you work with, whether it's multifamily or single family, um, you can get the upper hand and that can get you a better deal uh, make you do better in your negotiations and your transactions with your, you know, with your sellers, with your buyers, with your tenants, and so on. And we're talking about just going through the app, uh, the uh, acquisition process. Some of the things we can look at Google Maps to get an idea of the the property and its surroundings, and so on. Zillow for the rental side of things, not for valuing that property. At least not here in Texas. Uh, if you're going to do that, you're going to want to get some true sold comps, and I would also, while you're at it, get some true rent comps that are coming off of the. Uh, local real estate boards, uh, multiple listing service. And we talked about Quest, which is a product that is available for members of Lifestyles. It is a subscription product. Uh, we used it for years. Uh, it works great, um, and it's got an evaluation tool that absolutely is is super helpful. So these are all things that I want to look at when I'm evaluating a possible deal to buy. We'll talk about the appraisal district here in a second because it's, uh, it's meaty. You may not know that, but there's a lot of information out there. A couple other places where you might want to go, and I do want to mention these. You know, one thing we do take a a, a glance at, especially if we're going into a new neighborhood, is we'll we'll go to the sex offender list. I want to make sure I'm picking up a property that I'm going to be able to resale down the line and also that I'm going to be able to rent. Now, I don't know that a lot of renters are going and checking the sex offender list before they move into my property, but I want to know. Okay, and that's a very easy thing to do here in Texas. If you go to the Texas Department of Public Safety, they've got a uh, Texas public sex offender website. You can put in your address. You'll get a map view and it'll show little flags where uh, the various folks are are registered. I, if I, memory serves correct, you can click on those to see, you know, severity, that sort of thing, if if you feel you need to. So there's that. And then crime stats, um, I like to know, if especially again, if it's a new area for me, we buy across Dallas-Fort Worth, so we're often dipping our toes into new waters, and I want to know about the neighborhood. Am, am I going to have trouble when my house is sitting vacant during the renovations, for example? Um, so we'll go to the local police uh, department website, and there are various heat maps that you can look at. There, there are sundry tools. They're all a little bit different, but you'll just need to do a Google search there. But I, but I advise that you check that. Uh, typically, it starts with the uh, local police uh, policing authority, and then of course, since we're fixing up houses for rentals, uh, this can go. This can be true for apartments as well. Uh, I want to go to the city website, and I want to know what sort of rental criteria they have in place, if they have any. Right, some cities do rental inspections, some don't. That's my first question. Do you do one or do you not? If you do, what are you looking for? Okay, and I want to make sure I go through my renovation, um, keeping those things in mind so that I can satisfy the inspector when he comes through the day before my tenants are slated to move in. Uh, We've gotten caught off guard before, and I don't like to scramble at the last minute to get those hardwired smoke detectors put in, for example. So, um, And if you can't find that information on the website, call the City Code Enforcement Office or the building inspector directly. And last but not least, talk to the neighbors. I don't care where you are in your process, talk to those neighbors. Now if you're a little more hands-off, you may not be present, you may be using your GC for everything and later on a property manager, that's a different story. But if you are a little more hands-on like my wife and I are, well we're, we're out there, we'll talk to the neighbors You know, during the, the, the pre-purchase inspection when we go out to walk the property. Folks love to share, you're going to get a lot of dirt. Right. You see someone driving by going out to check their mail, flag them down. Don't be shy. You'll be surprised at what you'll learn about that property, about the family that is or was in there, and so on. That's prior to buying. And then during renovation, I like to be sure to talk to everybody that I see, give them my card, maybe drop off a card or a letter uh, with them at their door to let them know what we're doing. Right. People are curious. Right. You tell them what you're doing, you tell them what you do, how you make these things shine, and it is going to be for rent. Now, sometimes. You'll get a furrowed brow when you tell them it's going to be a rental. Folks don't really like that. But then you tell them about your process, about how thorough you are in doing your due diligence when it comes to applications, applicants, and future tenants. Makes them feel a little bit better at ease. And you tell them, Hey, look, if you know somebody that wants to move into this property, let me know. We've gotten leads that way before. And even better, we've gotten leads on the same street where we've been doing renovations on houses to buy. So again, talk to folks, let them know what you do. Talk to those neighbors. Now, before we get to the county appraisal district site, let's go ahead and talk about taxes. You, you want to know the, the latest information when it comes to property taxes. Here's why. In Texas, this, this, the prop annual property tax that we pay, and that's coming up. If you haven't paid yet, you've got to pay by the end of January. Keep that in mind. But, but here in Texas, this is one of our biggest expenses as landlords. So we, we want to be sure and really get a good measure of our future taxes before we buy a property because that's going to affect your cash flow if you're operating off of bad information you may calculate on the low side and lo and behold maybe you break even at best maybe you're maybe you're losing a little money cuz you miscalculated that that big expense and you can go to a number of places to get a good idea okay now the county appraisal district we'll talk about that it may give you an estimate some sites do some don't for example where where i am investing i buy in Denton County Dallas County and Tarrant County predominantly Uh, Denton and Dallas counties do give me an estimate of property taxes for the given year that we're sitting in. Tarrant County does not. Okay. So point being that they all operate a little bit differently. So what do I do for Tarrant County? Well, I can either get a list and it's pretty easy to get of all the taxing entities, right? The hospital, the the school board or the school district, um, the city itself, the county itself, uh, the Tarrant County Community College, for example. I know what the rates are for all those. I can do a manual calculation. It's going to be pretty precise. Right. Alternatively, I can go to the, the the tax assessor website. That's different than the appraisal district website. If you Google Tarrant County tax assessor or tax collector, uh, you'll get to a different site. You can put in the property address and see what the taxes are that are due for the current year and even for past years. You can see if they're behind. Right. That helps you a little bit too. You want to make sure when you get to closing that title company or that the title company has has flagged that and that those are getting paid. Now I'll tell you also. Be careful. Be careful because in the state of Texas, we do have a lot of exemptions that go onto properties. For example, the homestead exemption, if you reside in that house, if you are an owner occupant, you get a homestead exemption if you have filed for it. You should file for it if you haven't. Over 65 or disabled persons, disabled veterans or spouses thereof, right? Any number of exemptions. So be careful when you go to the tax assessor website because those exemptions may be reflected in that number. You need to know. Uh, what you're dealing with if you go that route. Uh, another alternative would be ask your realtor, hey, can you look at houses that just recently sold or are for sale in the MLS in this neighborhood that roughly match my property or my target property? Uh, typically, they're going to list those and show the unexempt uh, tax uh, uh, tax charge for the property so you can run with that. Um, again multiple ways to get there but you're going to want to kind of dial that in a little bit because it can be a big number and one other word of caution if you do go to say the um, tax assessor for Dallas County you need to know how your properties that your target property is truly assessed because for example we've got one in a part of Dallas County where the county of Dallas levies some of the taxes but the school board does the others if I just look at that county website I'm going to miss about half of the picture. In fact, the target property that we're talking about today, about $1,900 are being raised through the county of Dallas, the other $1,900 uh, through the school board. If I had only looked at one or the other, I would have missed that. And there are even cities where there's a third entity that is taxing. The city of Garland, for example, east of Dallas, um, is a separate entity. So do, do be careful with that. You know, you'd be careful when you're gathering uh, your inf- information. So just glancing here through my notes, the taxes, again, that's our biggest uh, biggest expense. And, you know, again, when in doubt, your best bet is to get those rates per entity and calculate that, that yourself, okay? I hear the music coming on. When we return, we're going to get to that county appraisal district website because there is a ton of information in there that's going to help you on a number of fronts, not just with your acquisition. And I want to talk about that when we continue with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, and this is Andy Webb. And today we're kicking off the year by talking about places that you can go to gather information on that target property or maybe on that applicant um, as you're working through your your processes. And we're talking about uh, figuring out the taxes on that, that target property that you're getting ready to buy. And you want to be careful with that because that is one of your largest expenses as a landlord. If you've gone in like we do at Lifestyles Unlimited and you've fixed everything and you've you know, put forth the best product for the market there, um, you're not going to have a lot of maintenance. You're not going to have a lot of ongoing issues. Your biggest expense in that case will be those property taxes. So you do want to handle those with care. And I told you a couple places where you can go to, um, to, to figure that out. And I do want to caution you as well. If you do go to, say, I'm, I'm looking here, for example, at the Tarrant Appraisal District uh, site. I'm looking at a property we bought actually this year. And you need to be aware that who are you buying it from? Let's put it this way. Uh, we bought this from an from an older person, um, and they had all the exemptions possible on the property. So, uh, first of all, my taxes this year are hundred bucks or so not not a lot. Now, I'll tell you, they're going to remove all of those exemptions at the end of the year when the calendar year rolls over. Now, I'm shown as deeded to the property already, right? That's already been done, um, but they tend to leave the any 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 exemptions in place for the year. Not always, not always. But historically, in my case, from what I've seen, they tend to leave those in place. So I don't necessarily go protest those property values that first year if I think I'm going to get, you know, (laughs) residual benefit from that. Um, But I will be careful because I also see, for example, here on I'm looking again at the Tarrant site. They're telling me a number of things. They're telling me the market improvement of the property. That's the the sticks and bricks that are sitting above the ground, basically. Let's call it 100K here. And then they're telling me the, the land market value. Let's call it 12K here. Um actually it's a little bit higher on the improvement market. So total market value they're showing me is right around 126k. Now separately from that, they've got a total appraised column and every every appraisal district well they're going to use different terminology. I believe Dallas calls it assessed, but the appraised value here is under 100k. Now why is this relevant? Because the taxes that were levied and and would have been levied if this continued to be an owner occupant a homesteaded property would have been relatively low. As soon as I buy that house, it's no longer a homesteaded property. They're going to see that, and they're no longer limited by the homestead exemption. In the state of Texas, the appraisal districts can only take up the property, the assessed value or the appraised value, 10% per year. And if I go back and calculate what they've done here for this lady when she was living in the house, I see from 2018 to 2019 it went up exactly 10%, and that's what the taxes are based off of. So what's going to happen in 2020? They're gonna see that an investor has this. It's not an owner-occupant deal. It's gonna pop more than 10%. I know that, I'm okay with that. I will protest it, I'll do what I can to fight it. Um, And in fact, I can see what the market value in 2019 was. At a minimum, it's gonna pop up to that amount. So you can run with that number for your future uh, projections on uh, on your taxes. So again, going to the county appraisal district, this really is, it's a treasure trove and it's got multiple applications and like I said, the detail that's provided, it's going to be county specific. If you're listening down in Houston, Harris County is going to look different than Dallas County, where I sit. is going to look dis- d- different than Bear County in San Antonio, and thank you for not saying Bexar, Andy, um, and so on. So it's going to be county specific. For example, even up here, again, I'm on the Tarrant County site right now, it doesn't tell me just a whole heck of a lot about the house. I see the year is built, which I want to know. I see the approximate size, livable square footage. Now, I'll tell you the Appraisal districts are often off on these. If you talk to any appraisal, they'll say twenty appraiser, they'll tell you that twenty-five percent of the time these numbers are off. But it's a good place to start, right? It tells me whether there's a pool or not, but that's really about it here. If I jump over to Dallas County and look at that house we were looking at earlier in the show, it's got a ton of information. It tells me year built, effective year built, actual age is calculated for me so I don't have to do any math. It tells me desirability, very good. By the way, I can see that this is held by an investor, some sort of an incorporated uh, entity that's based out of Houston. I see that they bought it in May of 2018. I see that they don't have a tax agent on here representing themselves, and I can tell that they haven't protested the thing because it still shows a desirability of very good. In Dallas County specifically, and actually in any other counties, if you can get to that desirability or conditioned quotient, There are various uh, levels, and you can say, look, it's a rental. It's not in very good condition anymore because the tenants have been beating it up. Whether they have or not, that's your story. And get them to drop it from very good to, I don't know, what's below that average, acceptable, I don't know, whatever the counties go by. So that's a good starting point when you go to protest your taxes is to see what does the appraisal district have your desirability or your condition listed as. And, again, here with the Dallas County site, boy, I've just got a ton of information. It tells me the number of bedrooms number of full and half baths, number of kitchens, one, as it were, fireplaces, and so on and so forth. So I would tell you, first of all, if you're not familiar with your appraisal district website where you operate, get out there and spend a little bit of time digging around. Um, All of that information can be relevant to you. And here's what I want to tell you outside of when you're doing your acquisitions. A lot of this information is helpful, but when it comes time to protesting those taxes, you can really leverage these websites uh, to help you out. So one, th- one of the things I do, and I cannot do this on Dallas County, they don't give me that opportunity. But if I go over to Tarrant and Denton County does the same, if I scroll down, it's going to give me some information. By the way, I can see the uh, deed number. I can click on that to go directly to the deed. Let's see, where is it here? Here we go. So when it's describing the location of the property, it even shows a map. Maybe that's where I go to get to my Google Maps in the future, but it's got a neighborhood code. Um, if I click on that neighborhood code, it's a it's a hyperlink. It's going to take me to all of the other houses that are that have that neighborhood code. What does that mean to me? Well, I'm immediately getting a, an overview of all the houses that the appraisal district is looking at within that within that subdivision, more or less. And even better, and I've seen this with pretty much all of the appraisal districts where I've worked. You can download these uh, results into an Excel file or or a CSV, right? A common delimited file. And then you can manipulate that. And that's what I like to do when it comes time to protesting those taxes. Among other things, right, we're going to go out and get pictures of the condition of the property. By the way, that's the condition at the start of the year. We're here at the start of January, so they should be evaluating your property as it stood January 1 or December 31st, however you want to look at it. So get those pictures, start getting those now, get those contractor bids and so on. But... You can protest not just on the condition of the property, but you can protest on something called equity comps. And what they're talking about when they say equity comps sounds kind of an, it's an odd name. Uh, they're just talking about what your other, what your neighbors are, are valued at. So if if everyone else in the neighborhood has exactly the same house as you do, and they're all valued ten thousand dollars under you, why you're not you're not measuring to those other comps in your neighborhood? So those are your equity comps, and you can get to those by using the neighborhood code and at least Tarrant and uh, Denton counties, check yours to see. I don't see that in Dallas. And then dumping that into Excel and doing a quick sort. Find those houses that are rel- relatively close to yours in square footage and find, just cherry pick, find the ones that are have a tax appraised value that is below yours. And in this sense, it's almost a little bit, there's some value to waiting, to dragging your feet, to getting down, to protesting those taxes because As time passes and more people go in to protest theirs, you'll start to see their results on your appraisal district website, and I think that gives you a little bit more leverage. And finally, we talked a little bit about applicant due diligence. I'm running a little short on time here, so we may circle back on this one. But, you know, you get a lot of information on your application if you have a good application that you use when you're trying to rent your house out. And I would tell you one thing we absolutely always do is if the – and my wife does all of the background stuff for us. She runs it through a, a provider that does the credit, the criminal, uh, and the uh, you know, rental status uh, checks for us. But she also then does the, the calls out to landlords and those sort of things. And if the tenant – or the applicant, rather, has given a a single-family home as one of their prior rental addresses, we absolutely pull that up in the – In the appraisal district website to see who owns it or owned it at that time what we found over time is that sometimes folks will give you some some funky numbers to call and sometimes they'll put their relatives house on there as their rental so i can pretty quickly tell typically uh or she can if if there's some some something hokey going on there so look at that prior address online we had an applicant actually last year that every address he gave was owned by his his mother we figured out so um, he wasn't he, he wasn't renting there, had lots of evictions we figured out as well. So anyhow, long story short, uh, do your due diligence there, and you can use the appraisal district um, to help you out. And one other thing I would tell you as far as gathering information when it comes to working with those applicants, you've got a lot of information on your application from the applicant. Are those telephone numbers, are those emails any good? One thing my wife will tell you all day long, don't call the number for that apartment complex that was given to you by that tenant. Go out to the apartment complex website and get the number there get the email from there and start there that number that you've got on your application it may be legitimate it may go directly to the property manager that sits on site but then again then again it may not um we've seen that again go 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 to that friend or that aunt or that parent that wants to help them get into the house so um, just a little bit of extra digging that you can do when it comes to working through those those applications. So a lot of a lot of information today, I would say, and a lot of places you can go to get that information, especially as it goes towards getting into that property that you're trying to buy. A little bit, we talked about protesting your taxes, and we talked about um, uh, doing a little bit of that due diligence on the tenants. I'll look at some of the un- other information I have here, and we may circle back and touch this on another show. Um, but I do want to tell you, if, if, if any of this stuff interests you, if, if you want to hear more, I would encourage you to get in touch with Lifestyles Unlimited. You can go to lifestylesunlimited.com, click on our free workshop button to see what's going on in your neighborhood, in your area, or click on that Expo button to learn about the Wealth and Passive Income Expo that's coming up at the end of February down in Houston. It's a wonderful event. You'll be inspired to take action if you come and join us there. If you're listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This is Andy Webb, and I thank you for listening. Remember, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle.